We live in a time right now of great human suffering. Of course, there have been times in the past that have been marked by true suffering of humankind on a global scale, but everything seems to be in chaos at this moment. And why is that? What's going on in the world? We've got riots in the streets, pandemic, we've got war and on the Gaza Strip and things just seem to get more and more out of control every day and we are caught in quite a bit of suffering well I'm not here to tell you that things are going to get better but I am here to tell you that suffering is actually the human spiritual superpower I'm sure you're thinking um, what are you talking about how is that even possible Well, think about it. Over the years, throughout the history of Christianity especially, and even in the Old Testament when we look at prophets, so many saints have been made saints through their suffering. And how did they become saints in suffering? Well, they harnessed that pain. They accepted that pain. They praised the Lord in that pain, and they offered that suffering for the good of the world, for the good of souls. What does that do for us when we accept this, acknowledge it, and give it to the Lord and praise Him while we're even in the midst of our trial? Actually, it does wonders, God's wonders. There's a quote that actually says, angels envy humanity in one simple way. Now angels, mind you, are these great beings. They are more than human. They are made for power and might and to carry God's swift hand to make protection for us and to make things manifest that God wishes. But angels envy small little humans in just one way, our ability to suffer and offer that suffering for the good of the Lord and his will and his plan. That's right. Even St. Michael the Archangel might think, dang, I wish I had that superpower. So how can we make suffering our spiritual superpower? Number one is to acknowledge the pain. What is this suffering that I'm going through? And how is it affecting my life? Am I depressed in this suffering? Am I financially bogged down? Am I unable to perform my daily duties? Am I just unable to even think through this pain? Next, we need to actually accept that pain. We need to accept it in the way that God has allowed it. Not to make us unhappy, not to make us a being of perpetual darkness, unable to cope. But actually, he is allowing it to bring a testimony to somebody else down the road. Or maybe he's allowing it because he just needs someone to unite to his passion in just that unique and special way so that he can save souls. Or maybe your suffering is just that powerful to where it actually will change the course of history. 
Now you say, well, offer me an example of this acceptance of pain and suffering and how we can praise the Lord in it. Well, let's look at St. Stephen, the martyr, the very first martyr in Christianity. St. Stephen went out and he preached the gospel in the midst of Jerusalem, even though Sanhedrin were after him and they were trying to round up Christians and punish them and quell this this new uh, movement of the Messiah coming in the way. In the midst of his stoning, he was being brutally murdered by these people. Saul is standing there and he's watching this, holding the coats of those stoning St. Stephen. And while St. Stephen is coming to his very uh, painful end in suffering, he cries out, Lord, forgive them, they know not what they do. And he echoes the voice of Jesus on the cross. If it were not for St. Stephen's forgiveness that day and that grace, his acceptance of that suffering and his offering of it to Christ himself, We wouldn't have had St. Paul, the greatest evangelist Christianity has ever known. And we wouldn't have that amazing example of what it is to suffer and offer that to Christ for his will in history. So after we accept this pain and praise the Lord in it, we offer it for souls We offer it for growth in our spiritual discernment. We offer it for maybe our son or daughter who's walked away from their faith in the church. Maybe we offer it for somebody who is likewise suffering. We ask God to make something of this suffering we are going through. Here's the thing, there's a truth about suffering. We humans, we're gonna suffer no matter what. This life is hard, we are under constant attack, and there are things like illness, poverty, war, depression, all of these things that plague us all the time. We're not gonna get away from that. But what we can do is we can harness it, we can take control of it and turn it into our spiritual superpower. If you're going to suffer irregardless, why wouldn't you want to make it something that God can utilize for the good of the world, for the good of history of mankind, for the good of just your neighbor or your child or maybe your own growth? There's a reason why angels envy this superpower and acknowledge its existence because it truly does change everything. The children, the seers of Fatima, they were so moved by their vision of hell that they wanted so badly for no one to go there that they offered suffering on a daily basis to try and save souls. Little Jacinta especially was so moved by this that she would refuse very small things like taking a drink of water or giving her lunch to the poor. She would avoid going swimming while the rest of the children cooled off in the heat of the day just so that she could save souls. 
uh, Saint Faustina of the Divine Mercy. Same thing. She was so in love with Jesus. She wanted to do anything she could to suffer for him. That was her one greatest joy was to suffer for Jesus. She would wear chains to mass. She was physically ill and her her superiors had to tell her to stop. And they told her to reflect on the baptism of our Lord instead. And that made her angry because she had become so good at suffering for our Lord. And by reflecting on his baptism, that gave her joy. She thought, well, I don't want to do that because I enjoy that. That's not suffering. So think about it. She knew and harnessed that power, that superpower of suffering. And look at what a great saint she became. And look at the movement of the divine mercy. We literally have the door of mercy open to us at this time because Saint Faustina offered all her sufferings for the world to bring that message to us that Jesus so desperately needed. Sure, he could have found somebody else, but apparently he couldn't have found anybody better at suffering than Saint Faustina. Other examples you can look at are any of the martyrs of the church, Saint Paul himself, who was much like Saint Faustina. He hoped to suffer for Christ. He allowed it, he brought it on, he, he accepted it fully and shouldered it with such grace and authority. St. Therese, the little flower, same thing. She wished that she could have lived a little bit longer life just so she could suffer a bit more for our Lord. So we really do see here that suffering and sainthood are synonymous. And what are we doing in our culture What are we just not getting? We are spiritually bankrupt in this culture, and why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because we look at suffering and we want to expunge it from our lives. We want to take it and dissect it out. We want to seek comfort. We want to seek convenience. We want to seek instant gratification. And we want absolutely no suffering at any time. Why do you think that construct has gotten so strong in our society? It literally rules our lives to be in comfort at all times, to reject suffering at all costs. It's a construct made by the evil one, the deceiver. He wants to take our superpower away. He wants us to accept kryptonite in this package that doesn't even look like it's kryptonite. He wants to disarm us because in suffering, we do have such power. We have God's power when we harness, acknowledge, accept, praise the Lord and offer that for our intentions. Our suffering also unites us to Christ and his passion. We can walk in his shoes in this way and we can make up whatever Christ was lacking in his passion with our sufferings. Now that's not to say that Christ didn't suffer an immense pain 
for us. It was unimaginable. And really, his help from the angels, I think, is what got him through that as far as he got through that passion for us. Anybody else, I think, would have just died probably at the scourging of the pillar. But we see Christ and we take our suffering. If we can harness it, if we can lock in to that power, we can offer him that in exchange for what he offered for us, which was everything. He literally gave his last drop of blood for us, for our salvation, for us to know the love of the creator who created us, and for us to find heaven, to open that gate for us. So what is a little bit of suffering in the scope of that reality? The other thing that we do if we offer these wounds to the Father, we are like Jesus holding the hands, the pierced hands and the pierced side and feet of Jesus. We take these sufferings in our arms and we present them to God and we say, please have mercy. And he does. That's the the beauty about our suffering and, and like Christ when we suffer. We are able to hold those sufferings almost like a a prize in God's sight and petition him for mercy. Mercy for ourselves, mercy for the ones we love, mercy for our enemies who for all we know, they deserve divine justice. But we offer this for them, for their conversion and for them to find the love of Christ in their lives. What else can we do? Well, when we suffer, our superpower is enhanced because our faith is enhanced. When we suffer and we start to offer each and every tiny little pain to Jesus throughout the day, who are we thinking about? We're not thinking about us. We're not thinking about, okay, well, let me go grab the ibuprofen so I can get rid of this headache and then I can get through my day. No, instead, now, where are my thoughts turning when I say, Jesus, this headache, I offer it to you. I give it to you in likeness of what you felt when you had the crown of thorns on your head. I offer it to you for this intention. Let's just say, for example, I offer it to you for the soul of my child who is far away from the church at this time. We start to see our lives as a life of action. We start to see that we have power in our suffering because maybe three days later, our child picks up a Bible out of nowhere and we think to ourselves, oh my gosh, what's happening right now? And then we're reminded, I gave up that headache. I endured it. I did it joyfully because I trusted and I believed that Christ would bring my child back. And now it has manifested this miracle in real time and I can see it. I can touch it. Our power becomes tangible. We start to see our everyday life and all these tiny little sufferings as joys. 
to behold and to accept and offer because that's where our superpower is. Just like St. Faustina, we start to have joy in the suffering that we can unite to Christ and the Father, the will of the Father. We can offer this for the salvation of souls. We can offer this as a penance for our past sins or for the sins of another soul or for the great apostasy of the world. It consoles the heart of Jesus when we accept these burdens. What does that mean? Jesus hung on the cross and all his friends abandoned him, except for one. He hung there, he was naked, he was bare, he was beaten, he was bruised, he was spit on, he was mocked. Not one person in that crowd other than the few that stood at his feet tried to offer him any kindness. He was without sin. He never did anything wrong. He only came to serve. He gave every ounce of his blood and all his love every day of his life for the good of others. And he hung on a cross, shameful, naked, holding all the sins of the world. When we suffer for him, we stand there at the foot of that cross and we say, Jesus, I'm here. I suffer with you. I unite my suffering in this to you for the consolation of your heart. Jesus is looking down at the world right now and he sees all this apostasy, all this blasphemy. He sees sin overtaking us all in this trance of distraction, in this trance of sin in this confusion of this time where we don't even know what truth is anymore. And when we do recognize the real truth out there, the good that's really out there, we immediately lash out at evil is overtaking the world and it's actually making the world reject us humans. You can see this in the way the weather has changed in the way natural disasters keep happening in the way wars are breaking out in the way there is violence in the very street of your town or your city and in the pestilence that's in the world the lord sees all and he's burdened by it by offering the little suffering that you have you console his heart just a little bit more and he sees hope. It gives us a compassion for the heart of God that we might never have even imagined to have before. How can one have compassion for the great creator? Well, let's think about how he sees things. All he wants to do is love us after he created us. He wants us to be the manifestation of his love on earth. And we turned away from him. We disobeyed and then we had to be banished. How heartbreaking that must have been for the one who just wanted communion with a, a like being. He made us in his image so that he could love us and we chose wrong. And now we turn away from him with every tiny suffering that we have. We shake our fist at him and we say, I hate you because you caused all this suffering in my life. Actually, it's us who cause it most of the time. 
but it's God who allows it because he knows the great graces you can receive from it. He knows the superpower that you have in your suffering. And he wants to use your trials as a testimony. He wants to turn what is dark and black in your life into a light for another person, or maybe even generations to come. Just like St. Paul, St. Stephen, St. Faustina, we receive incredible graces and we truly become God's foot soldiers, carrying out his love, his mercy, and his grace, his peace to others through our suffering. So the next time you're tempted to give up your suffering, to just lose that temper, to grab for the painkiller, to avoid that call that you have to make, whatever it is, big or small, your suffering, it's not invisible. It's not meaningless. In God's sight, Every tiny trial you go through is a huge opportunity to grow closer to him, to give grace and salvation to others, and to bring the fullness of the church back to this world. So you see what I mean? No wonder angels are jealous of us in this way. No wonder, because in suffering, That is a human's true spiritual superpower. So I challenge you, take up your cross, offer it to Jesus, unify in your unique pain to Christ, and watch what unfolds. Yeah, we love our superhero movies, don't we? So much that I can't even count how many have been made in the last five to 10 years. Well, you are a superhero. You just have to accept the call to suffer for Christ. Be blessed, be well, be a servant of the Lord. So we've covered a little bit today about the scope of suffering and how it really is our superpower as humans. This is so important to know because when Jesus says, pick up your cross and carry it, this is what he means. He doesn't mean it just because, you know, you need to suck it up and get through life. He means it because there is growth spiritually for you and for others that you can enter into your suffering and you can grow from that suffering and that you can offer it for other people for their conversion or that you can appease sins appease the heart of jesus on the cross you can be in that suffering united with him but we also looked a little bit into how does god see suffering and there's an excerpt from climbing the mountain which is a book about the locutions of anne the lay apostle an American um, locutionist in Ireland who, since the early 2000s, has been receiving messages from heaven, specifically 
this message is from Jesus when he takes her to heaven in a spiritual way. He, he basically lifts the veil for her, and it is such a wonderful book. If you do not have this book, please purchase it. If you know somebody who is really depressed, somebody who cannot make sense of their faith or the life and times that we are living in, this book is that remedy. The context of the chapter is that Jesus has taken Anne to heaven. He's giving her some answers about heaven. Jesus said, Consider for a moment that you are finished on earth and that I have brought you here for eternity. How do you feel? Anne speaking, I considered that. I felt removed from earth, but I did remember it and I recalled so much pain. I said, Lord, it was so hard, I would not want to do it again. He replied, Look with me, Anne. Look down at your suffering and see what I see. You can feel my love for you, and even while you were suffering on earth, you felt my love. Look at one period of your suffering. I did, and I saw myself after a serious health problem. I had three children, and I was expecting a fourth, and I was mostly on bed rest. I could not manage the housework and the babies. It was a dreadfully difficult time. I winced thinking of it and seeing myself in it, but I began to hear the prayers that were coming from me. This is what our Lord was experiencing. I heard things like, I offer this for you, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. Strengthen my husband, Lord. Stay with us. Jesus, make me better. Lord, bless these people who have to help us. Jesus. I saw our rosaries being said with the extended families, and I heard so many prayers of suffering through the nights. I am writing this back on earth now and see what he is getting at. During that period, I did not feel Christ as I do now. On the contrary, he seemed like he was gone, if he had ever been there at all. This was a period of great suffering. The experience Jesus had in this period was the opposite of mine. He watched a soul carrying a great cross, who offered it all to him. With this commitment, he built a fortress in my soul that he could occupy. This was one dark night for me, but Jesus drew the greatest consolation from it. He blessed the souls who helped us. He blessed us. He blessed our children. From the heavenly perspective, great things were happening during this time. Standing next to Jesus looking at it, I was so grateful that I prayed and remembered him in my suffering. The grace, while invisible and indiscernible to us, surrounded us. I can see that from here. I sure did not see it when I was in it, but I did believe it, and I in faith knew that Jesus had not abandoned us. I knew Our Lady had not abandoned us. There was a great peace in that house. I can see it from here. Jesus speaking. You see the struggling, Anne. Talk about the struggles. Anne speaking. I was going to say that I could also see the enemy attempting to persuade us that we were being ill-used by heaven. We were good, so why did we have what appeared to be such bad luck and so many crosses? The enemy constantly tried to destroy my peace by showing me that others had it easy and were blessed with health and money and vacations. I see that I struggled continually to align my view with heaven's vision and made acts of love to Jesus in the face of these temptations toward bitterness. During this time, I felt so sorry for my husband that he was so heavily burdened. 
From here, I see that Jesus was making him a saint. This was part of my husband's process. My acceptance of the suffering obtained peace for him, but there was struggle. Jesus speaking, and from the struggle, Anne, came great holiness. Talk about my great peace in the face of your struggles. Anne speaking, Jesus is not shaken by the struggles. Even my bouts of anger at him for my suffering do not upset him. I bring my anger toward him and he takes it calmly, like the best life coach in the world. He understands that my view is necessarily limited and that my anger at him is part of my process of the acceptance of that cross. It occurs to me at this moment that Jesus is trying to make us all saints. I am looking down at this process. I am not upset by my failures because I see them as my pain and my struggle. I am rather pleased that at least I gave him some kind of return on his great love. Jesus speaking. That is it, Anne. It is this I want others to see. They will not avoid the cross on earth. If they accept the crosses in their lives, I can make them saints. Holiness is a process and suffering is a part of that process. It is all about service to heaven. In suffering or in absence of suffering, talk about my acceptance. And speaking, if a soul walked away with one thing from this, I, Anne, would like it to be peace. Jesus loves each one of us. I feel total acceptance from him. He is calm and kind. The word tolerant could be defined as Jesus Christ. He is all love. I feel that I will view things differently from this experience. That does not mean I will be casual about my service to him because he is easygoing. It means I will walk with yet a deeper awareness of his involvement in each moment of my day. He is my friend, your friend, each sigh, each prayer sent up in darkness with almost no hope is heard by him and is interacting constantly in each moment of your day to give you exactly what you need to continue in spiritual growth. It will end this life. And you will be so glad you gave him each bit of fidelity and love. I see now that my prayers were that much more powerful because of the darkness from which they burst from me. Praise God. We should strive for great acceptance in all because it is all from his hand and he never averts his gaze from us. And this message was given to Anne on September 2nd, 2005. And Jesus really highlights here how he sees our suffering and how he knows that God is allowing all the suffering, even his great suffering, had a great purpose and was allowed by God. When Jesus cried up to him, how, how anguishing as a parent this must be that your child cries up to you, please let this cup pass. If you can, let it pass me by but your will be done. And through God's will, enormous suffering Jesus went through, but he went through it for the good of the world, the salvation of the world. And right there, that's how you know. We're not gonna be spared suffering in this life. As much as you try to escape it and seek comfort, you cannot escape trials, tribulations, and suffering. But you've heard that saying, mind over matter. Well, it works just as well in this instance. 
reject the temptation to let those moments of suffering go to waste or to reject them completely. Fall back into Jesus. Offer your suffering to him. Put your cape on because you have a superpower when you offer your suffering. Thank you so much for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you'd like to do that. Um, I'm always giving a list of other videos that I find personally so encouraging, uplifting, and helpful to navigate these tough times that we're in. Just remember that we are Generation Triumph. Our Lady's Immaculate Heart will triumph and we are the generation to see it happen and manifest in our time. And Jesus is going to change the world forever with his Blessed Mother. So remember, the battle is raging on, but the war is already won.